Pennsylvania 65,000. It just reminds me a bit of my nans. Every time when she used to look, dance around to that. To, Pennsylvania 65,000 is the one that goes. Yeah. The one when they go, Pennsylvania 65. Oh, oh, oh. So, what is it? So, what is it? So, what is it? The Red Wolf Podcast! Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to So, What Is It? So what is it, guys? A Red Wolf podcast. podcast. <laughs> well, that was almost together, considering we're still over video. That worked. Name room. That wasn't a too bad welcome for you. Nice to see you, everyone. I'm Matthew, and with me I've got Matt. Hello. Matty. Hello. And, of course, Dan. Hi. I don't know why it's in that order. It's not even that funny, but I laugh. <laughs> At least someone does. Um, well, I... Of course, what we've done is watched another episode of Red Dwarf. I'm sure we're all shocked by that revelation. That's what we're here to do. DNA, the second episode of Series 2. And um, I, I feel as though, um, I don't know, I feel as though we've passed a threshold almost. You know, the Series 3 bedded in a lot of good stuff. And it, it, there's a certain certain confidence about the show now. It doesn't necessarily mean to say this is the greatest episode that's ever existed. But it, I, it feels as though we're still moving forward really um how'd you get on with it matty your first time through i know you you wanted to see Crichton as a human well and, yeah and you got it yeah should we should we, should we mention that because yeah, i it. i literally said um the day before i watched the episode in a conversation i said it would be great to see robert lewowen as himself instead of Crichton. and when i said it you all went <gasps> like that and i was like yeah and then realized Exactly, that's what happened in this episode. Um, yeah, I love this episode. It was a good one. It was a really good one. I think it was very much the standard um, Red Dwarf fashion now that we said last week as well about uh, something happens and then kind of in five seconds in the last minute, it's just kind of beer. So, I mean, that was, <laughs> so that was quite funny in a way. Um, so yeah, it kind of had that standard Red Dwarf style to it. Um, but I did enjoy it. I really enjoyed the episode and I liked... I really, really liked how Robert Lewin port well, say portrayed Crichton because he is Crichton, but how he was still completely Crichton in his facial expressions. It was it, yeah, that was, really, it, that was interesting. I mean, it, really well it, done. It, it sort of like works so well in the mask, and it's sort of like as a person, it's so over the top, isn't it? When you're watching him, but he was still still doing exactly the same things. Dan, this is a, an old episode for, for you. How did you get on with it this time round? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And I did think that uh, Robert Llewellyn was great. I, and I do know what you mean, Matty. You know, he is a human and playing a human ought to be, uh, he ought to be quite good at that. But he was he was playing Crichton as a human. And I thought he did that very, very well. Yes. Um, I, I don't know. I've, it, we, we've had a season and a bit of him now. And I don't know, is it is it totally cruel to say I think he... he he's he's more convincing as, as, as Crichton. He, he probably, you know, they always take the mick out of his head, but... Robert Llewellyn's a funny-looking bloke. Not, not ugly. Yeah, you lost your looks. That was a lot. Um, but look, I mean, I, I'm not going to say 
I, I thought this was a brilliant episode because because it, it didn't for a number of reasons, but I it was a, it was very competent. Certainly, they they all played it well. I just thought that it wasn't the greatest script that we've had, and 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 some of the story was was sort of skipped through. But I I always appreciate listening to the bits that Matty's picked up, and particularly when he really enjoys it, because you know I I, I still enjoyed this episode. It wasn't my favourite, but I still enjoyed it, and I just I love it when other people come to it and and enjoy something I do. But I think that's what was interesting, what you were saying. But I mean, uh, if he was playing a character, he wouldn't be playing it like this. He is still playing it as Crichton. And that is too over the top for mm. a normal character. So which in a way fits in with one of the themes of this episode, which will come to us. We discuss stuff. Matt, did you enjoy it? Yes, I did. I kind of feel a bit like uh, like what, like Dan, to be perfectly honest, is that I don't think it was the best episode I've, I've seen, but there was lots of really enjoyable things about it. There were a couple of things that niggled me, but it, on the whole, good quality entertainment. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's a, it depends, I think, how we approach things, isn't it? We've watched quite a lot now. We've got quite a lot to watch. Hopefully there's still stuff to better what we've watched before. That's what you always hope. But it, when you when you get this far and when matt is saying oh it's standard red wolf it's not meant as a criticism is it it's sort of like that's what you come to see so so everyone's not going to suddenly be the best one is it i mean does it have the sort of like stuff that makes me laugh in it you know um the story's never going to be all out there is it really it's it's always going to skip through a little bit i think does it have those moments and i think this episode has got a few classic moments in so let's see what we come up with let's do our first round of what was that Thing that made you laugh there are a couple of good ones a couple of i think classic moments like i say so matty i'll give you the first bite of the cherry see what you come up with is it actually me this time just double checking yes right? it is you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i mean i'm gonna say the bit that probably everyone's been waiting for is of course it was the polaroid i don't care what model it was no vacuum cleaner should give a human being a double polaroid exactly. same with the pictures <laughs> of course it was that that was probably the most I've laughed at a scene, probably, yeah. It was one of the funniest bits for me. It was always the photo, and then another one, and the other one, and the fact that he was looking through electrical parts in a magazine, I, that <laughs> that really got me. That was by far the funniest bit for me. Definitely, and, and as I say, I think that's... Um, I mean, I've been thinking about doing a, a section um, or a separate episode of what we think classic moments are and building on those, and, and I I think this would go in there as a a standout moment across all series, the double Polaroid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Have you got something else you want to bring up, Matt? I, I do. There were, I think there were a couple of quality lines from that scene that Matt, Matt has just mentioned. And my underpant elastic was catapulted across the medical bay. was just hilarious. That was yeah, but, just but Matt, super... it was a triple bag, <laughs> easy glide back with turbo suction and self-emptying dust bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've written that down too. <laughs> Yeah, it was a great, it was a great scene around. So this, I think, I think though, my line of the show is when Crichton is first re- human, and he's like, "I'm so happy," and he's been sort of wheeled round on that sort of hospital trolley, and he says, "I'm so happy. I've never experienced anything like it, except that one time I accidentally welded my groinal socket to a front-loading washing machine." <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff, Dan. There were a few um, little moments. I, no one should get a double Polaroid from looking at a vacuum cleaner. Was you know that was a brilliant, brilliant scene. It really, really was. Um, I, I really liked the the sort of the half smirk that Lister gives, and then oh, it's perfect, yeah, absolutely perfect. I want to talk to you about my penis. 
it was a wonderful, wonderful look. I think probably uh, one of my other standouts outside of that scene was um, Crichton's third spare head. He's an angry, angry man, isn't he? And uh, and I, I particularly enjoyed him. I really did. The angry northern head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sling he, he your bloody right. Also, going back to earlier what Dan just said, um, that brings me to the actual the fact already. Right, it's early. So early, I'm gonna have to wrap up this episode. I know, but Dan's mentioned the perfect point. I'm not gonna avoid this time. So the smirk that was given by Lister was actually a genuine smirk from Craig Charles that actually was half an outtake, but then they realised the smirk was absolutely perfect for what they wanted. So that was actually a part of an outtake that they just left in because it was the perfect look. Uh, it definitely was the perfect look. I mean, it, it, you knew it was coming, didn't you? But at the same yeah. time, it was, well, I, I'll take on it. It was played so well. And all that, all that stuff, even the way he was manipulating the Polaroids and stuff and all mm. that sort of thing. Just going to say, I, I think there were a few, but I mean, that's, that's again, part of, part of the way that Red Dwarf is. Sometimes we can see a joke coming, but the strength when they're on form uh, of, of the cast is that they can, they can land it anyway. You know, I really enjoyed... They're, you know, right at the opening when they're tracking this thing and Cat comes in and starts unplugging things and stuff. I, I thought it was great fun because Danny John Jules just did a really, really good job. I, I felt you could see that joke coming and then it goes dead again and he's doing it again. But again, he just landed it really, really well. So, right, I'm blow drying my hair. <laughs> We're tracking a UFO. Oh, you're tracking a UFO. So I have to sit around looking like the Bride of Frankenstein? But that's a good thing about studying comedy i suppose because this is the lofty goal we have here on so what is it a red dwarf podcast um now all of us have performed on stage to, to one degree or another you know and and we've done pantomime and part of the beauty of pantomime is the anticipation of you know what's coming isn't it so there's definitely yeah. a it's difficult because sometimes we say oh i saw that coming it was obvious sometimes that's bad for a joke and sometimes that's what yeah. you want for a joke it's the old he's going to put a custard pie in his face yeah, that he's... is the funny bit isn't it they're yeah. waiting for it so um so when that works it's great but yeah. i suppose when you're writing something and performing something that's what you've got to judge and how you're going to do it so yeah you know he's going to smirk when he talks about his penis but <laughs> <laughs> but it, you've got to land it right and in this case he did like with the cat mucking around with his hair dryer we finally get to encounter an alien species and I have to meet them with a wavery bikini line. Did you have a favourite uh, moment? Well, I, I, my, my favourite moments have been mentioned. The, the two classic moments are the, the Polaroid and the spare heads, I think. But there's another sort of thing I used to love as a kid, which I'll just bring up now. I don't know if it was my favourite or not, but the it's the, the Rimmer stuff, the Rimmer cowardly stuff, really. And they're sort of two in one here. I'm going gonna, I'm yeah. gonna to nick as I'm the last person. It's the sort of like the covering the back and the front at the same time, which is... Yeah. funny but the line i used to love as a kid was you know you go i'll cover you seriously no <laughs> <laughs> and then rushing off so so rimmer's cowardness coming out was isn't was a was a good point or two in the episode there was good physical comedy as well in that piece where where Crichton says well i'll do my best sir and then genuinely yeah, yeah. does attempt to cover both the front and the back and i just that was really yeah. nice and it's not that it's not been, I suppose there has been physical comedy before, but I think that's creeping in a, a bit more now, isn't it, into the show, really, uh, uh, using little things like that, because that's just dilly. I mean, stuff with, we talked about um, Rimmer's facial expressions last week, didn't we? And obviously there's this physical comedy this week, and there's a bit of running around and stuff. And But also, on top of all the comedy this week, it was a little slow to get going, I thought, 
uh, although it was fine. But there are there are a lot of themes this week which we can talk about just for a second. And I'm not sure this is not a complaint. We'll come on to our uh, things we think we didn't work in a in a short while while. But themes of the week there was definitely a, a heavy theme of you are what you are. Mm-hmm. And obviously this I am what I am is not the quote by um, Descartes. It's um, Gloria Gaynor, isn't it? <laughs> Rather than Popeye. <laughs> um, uh, but I'm not sure I agree with what they were saying. You know, I am what I am, and it's a good, no bad thing to change back. Crichton wanted to be human. He got to be human. Let's change back. What do you think? I mean, are you on board with that? Is it a debatable thing? I felt mm, maybe I'm not so sure. You know, and there's also the mucking around with technology thing. Someone always abuses it, and you know, but obviously they're living in the 23rd century, three million years plus. Obviously, technology has gone on. You know, so they've accepted certain technology. What do we think? There's a couple of prongs there to talk about. Matty, I'll go to you first. You love your you love your tech. They fear tech. Yeah, I mean you can understand, especially where they're saying about the whole you know people mess around with technology and things like that. There's definitely a history of that, especially at the time of the eighties with the technology the way it was back then. Um, oh yeah, the Stone Age. <laughs> oh yeah, back in the Stone Age, you didn't, you guys didn't even have the internet. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I de- I definitely agree with that. I think it's hard, really hard to explain. It's technology the way it was then. I think especially when you compare it to what it was at the time. That's the best way I can describe it. I don't know how else I can say it really. What it was bad. New tech was bad because of the way tech was then, but now it's not bad because it's okay now. What are you, what are you saying? I'm so glad that was clear. <laughs> Matt, 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 you love, you hate tech, don't you? The opposite, you hate your tech. I don't, I don't hate tech. I, I don't. I feel intimidated by it, but um, I don't. I wasn't really clear with what was being spoken just then, to be perfectly honest. So (laughs) neither was I. Don't. It was a case of you know back in the day we didn't have it, so we didn't miss it because it it wasn't around. So but we did. And the point is, we did have it. It's we haven't got what we got now, but we certainly had tech. No, I know, I know that. You know, we had what we had, and then we didn't have what we what had not been invented. And if you speak to youths these days and say the idea of there not being an internet or you know not having a mobile phone and what have you, you know, the look of horror just speaks volumes. Whereas you know we had three, four channels, and you know, so, you know, some people had computers. I didn't. You know, and about as high tech as I got was a flipping major Morgan or a speak and spell. Oh, we've gone over that before. We've talked about VHS. We have. I mean, um, but, but obviously, there's more to tech than just that sort of thing. I mean, there's obviously a lot of technology come out of war over the years, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We had genetics and ozone layer was a thing, and you know, CFC. You know, it's abuse of tech. So I don't think um, it's just boiling down to internet and computer stuff. No, no, no. But there was a bit, there was a bit that I found that I was was kind of anti-aspirational um yes. you said about the themes of the week i mean with um Crichton not obviously not handling the human emotions and list the saying to him, well you've sold out and Crichton saying well yeah i think i have too and then Lister said you know i did it once i went into a wine bar meaning that he was a class traitor i mean i mean it, know, was, it right. was a funny line it was a great line and another bit yeah. brilliantly played by craig charles just a yeah. little yes. nudge of his meal and carrying on but yeah as a as a sort of um an idea i disagreed with what he was saying yes yes it was it was funny like they were talking about ha- hankering after pine kitchens sleeping on futons eating tapas playing squash every tuesday with a guy called gerald 
you know, yeah, it's fun, it, it's funny, but you know, why should why shouldn't we want that? I mean, we have to bear in mind that tapas and futons and pine kitchens were probably very on vogue. That was the pine or, kitchen. Or, that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, I do remember one of my um, relatives having a pine kitchen and thinking, okay. Once, many years ago, I went into a wine bar. But yeah, it, it did seem like, say, very anti-aspirational. And, and I mean, even Crichton coming in saying, I've um, hurt my own kind. Um, I, I, you could read that different ways, couldn't you, Dan? I, I think so. I think thematically the, they, they went together. Lister, at very least, was true to himself, notwithstanding his wine bar incident. You know, I am what I am. <laughs> was not anti-aspirational. I mean, I, I totally understand the, the read that it was anti-aspirational, but it was it was being uh, content with what you've got. And there, yes. there is a threat that if, if you could do anything, and let's face it, this machine allowed you to, to effectively do anything, although arguably not if cats are the controls, um, or you, anything could happen, but probably not what you wanted. Um, so they were in, they were of a piece. And so uh, Lister was being so true to himself, but yeah, it wasn't a philosophy I'd say I subscribed to. Um, I think, you know, Crichton was true to himself in the way that he was, um, he had always wanted to be a human, um, but then he struggled to cope with it and then he wanted to, 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 to go back. And it was interesting that he, well, I mean, and it goes with him playing that character so brilliantly. Inside, he was still Crichton. And so he still considered himself to be you know, the android, and they were his kind. He tried to be a, a person, but couldn't be. Yeah, you could go both ways. Obviously, you don't want to betray what you are, don't want to betray your kind, but there's no reason why you should not want to move forward and better yourself. And and it is, and obviously in sitcom terms, as we always say, there's a reason to reset it all. We don't want to lose Crichton, which is why it's sort of a dodgy story in a way. Who cares, really? But... um. <laughs> But yes, Lister's been teaching him to be more human, to break his programming. And as soon as he turns human, Lister's sort of against it. Us talking about it, it came across to me as against what they've said before. Well, I was just going to say that we discussed last week that, uh, again, they've been shown out of sequence. So at this point, they hadn't he hadn't broken his programming because there's no evidence that he'd broken his programming mm. if post program breaking uh rimmer had said you take up the, the the front and the rear he may have been told called us megad as it was eager to oblige Crichton quite does so so although we've seen his program break because they played you know what they shot as episode four as episode one Crichton made when he was trying to break his programming and, and, and aspired to, to humanity, there was, of course, no reference to the fact that he had at one point been a human. He should so have it, done. it doesn't work either way around. It doesn't work either mm. way around. So it is that it is that sitcom reset. You know, yes. at the end of this episode, without getting ahead of ourselves, Crichton is still a person. I have every faith that he won't be at the beginning of the next episode. Yes, thank and you. Neither, neither, by the way, will Lister only be three feet tall. So, you know... <laughs> This is one thing I was actually going to ask here, because at the end of the episode, he's still human. So I'm wondering if the next episode, is he still human or is it just going to be, oh, no, he's back to this again? No, it's, it's the reset. No. It's the reset. And that's absolutely fine. That's what we expect, really. It's just obviously when you're analysing it and talking about it, these things are, are thrown up and you can't help but talk about them, I suppose. Yeah. But it is a, it is a, 
shrug your shoulders, move on, enjoy the jokes, isn't it? And that's absolutely fine. It, but you just mentioned the the three foot high. Um, so, I, I, I mean, I th- I'm not being patronising to you, anyone really. We all got the Die Hard reference and the RoboCop reference, yeah. which were obviously very recent films at the time, and they threw those in. I expect they are still funny because I get the reference, but that feel they feel old references now when you're watching it in a through modern eyes don't they see in a way though it still kind of works because luckily they've chosen films that are pretty much cult classics or like die hard so you can show it now and you can still find it as funny because they're still you know robocop die hard are still very well-known films so Mm. you can still get it it's not like oh god remember that film it's we all, we've all seen Die Hard. We've all seen RoboCop. You know, it's you'll still get it. That's a good thing. Watch RoboCop yeah. this week. No, no, it's quite an interesting coincidence, isn't it? There's um, the next podcast. <laughs> but but it's 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 all sort of interesting that they bothered to put that in and reference the polymorph from last series, isn't it? Really, mm. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't that funny a joke this time watching it to bother mentioning it really. Obviously, it was very, very recent at the time, wasn't it? So maybe they felt it was funnier then. Um, I think it was the same sound effects they used for the um, half Indian, half extra hot curry monster <laughs> that it was for the polymorph as well. I think so anyway, that, that, that's Curry Watch, Matty. Yes. You know. <laughs> that Curry Watch of the day. I, find, I did find it a little bit disturbing when he was licking off the curry monster. I mean, I saw oh, that. That was funny. Gross, that was funny. Has anyone got a pop on the size of Lake Michigan? This stuff's really good. This guy's pure class. I saw oh, that brilliant. joke coming, but it was a bit... Wanting a pop on the size of Lake Michigan. But you yeah. had to, didn't you? I mean, that, that was a, you have to do it, really. If you hadn't done it, you would have gone, oh, that's yeah. a joke. Missed. Yeah, so, yeah, of course. But again, but, but a great joke at the end with the lager. Lager. The only thing that can kill a vindaloo. Do you think Matt was that you're going to say or say something yeah, else? Yeah, yeah, no, no, I was, but it was, it was, um, it was Rimmer's uh, suggestion of uh, Indian restaurant music and flock wallpaper as well. Okay, slight stereotype, I mean, I, but bit of music. I don't know how appropriate it was, but it was hilarious. Yeah. The music, the background yeah. music was oh, it certainly was. Yes, chase music. I loved that. <laughs> it was very funny. <laughs> I, I would certainly put that in the category of homage rather than rather than patronising or culturally inappropriate. I I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Pastiche. Yeah. Indian restaurants were definitely a thing, and that's what that's what you got for a certain period of time, wasn't it? Really, it was. It certainly wasn't. Yes. A, it wasn't taking the mickey out of them in a horrible way. It was just, uh, yeah, like you're saying, it was uh, using the, those elements. Okay, so so yeah, we talked about a few of the themes. I, I, I mean, that, yeah, there were quite a lot of themes all wrapped into one. We now know Crichton's got his spare heads. I don't need no bugger to look after me. I may be out front with silicon visits. My voice units may be shot to buggery, but I don't need sympathy from the likes of him. Which is another... It, it, it's, just, it's just there for the comedy rather than the let's take this seriously, but having three sentient spare heads... <laughs> <laughs> Is quite an interesting concept. Well, while we're talking about that thing as well, because this is one note that I put down here, when they're on that um, the other ship, did anyone notice how many times you could see Offset? No, not really. There's no, a, me neither. The scene where the light's shining down on him, look to the left, you can basically see the set and the wall going to the other part of the set, and even a couple lights. It's like, it's right there. Because I thought, I have, to go back and have a look. Ha- have a look when he's on that. Um, when he's getting snared by the the DNA machine, 
um, yeah, look to the left and you can just see the rest of the set. That goes into my um, things that didn't work for me section of this That's week. That's a good, good, good chance to move on to it if we've wrapped up uh, talking about the theme. See what I did there? Nice, nice, nice segue. See what I did there? You like that? Okay. Well, it's better than, some, um, better than some we do. But... We're, getting, we're getting good at this, guys. We're getting good at this. There were, a, there, there were a couple of things, quite frankly. But in that scene, it was the cat fanning around on that keyboard. It was, yeah. You know, okay, it's not working. It didn't work. And, you know, it's, it's not going to work again. So stop it. You know, it was like, you know. And even though, just rewinding slightly, the hairdryer bit was funny and they were banging on about the, the plug sockets, you know, did it need to happen twice? It was funny the first time, and it was really funny the first time when he plugs the hairdryer in and all the consoles go off. But I don't really think it needs to happen again. Yes, unplug your hot wax strip unsightly hair remover. I don't believe this. Even yeah, I think a... it was, is that way to move on, wasn't it, really? I mean, it's like the same yeah. voice. Another example of things you do in comedy, the repetition stuff, and sometimes that's right and sometimes it just doesn't pay off and, it, and, Even though... and if i can fo- follow up on what you were saying sorry this is this is video making us cut into each other a little bit really i know i mean exactly. there, there were some great lines in that bit it was yeah. just it was just a repetition little bit just to finish the scene off that wasn't as funny but yeah that the the bit I, I didn't mind the the sequence of him doing stuff to get lister into trouble i disliked the the end joke of i'll go and get Crichton. you know that that sort of do you know what I'll do? I think that was a weak ending to it. I've got a couple of other points, but I'll go to the other guys first. Dan, anything you uh, thought not for you this week? It just, I thought it was a nice sci-fi concept. And I thought, as we've discussed and we'll continue to discuss, there were some really, really good bits in it. It just didn't hang together for me brilliantly. I I agree with you that the, that the I'll go and get Crichton joke was was probably weak. I, I disagree with Matt though. I thought that the the going over the pressing the buttons bit and retracing the steps as it exactly happens behind him to Crichton instead of Lister, I giggled at that. So you know, but but as as we've said, sometimes that repetition nails it, and sometimes it's like, oh goodness me, move on. This time I felt it. I felt it was good. Matt didn't, and that. But I mean, that that that's fine. I yeah. So for me, it just didn't hang together as brilliantly, but. Um, it, it, yeah, we, as I said, it wasn't a bad episode. I haven't got a, a litany of mistakes and failings. I just no, definitely not. And and my one about the the cat joke that was an example for me of one that I I actively sat there and thought, oh, not good joke. Whereas other ones are sometimes, oh, that's okay. You know, it wasn't the best joke in the world, but that's okay. That one I thought, mm, not funny. Which doesn't happen often in Red Dwarf for me, to be honest with you. So I do find that I have to sort of like force myself to find something that I don't like, and just to be just to kind of like bit of light and shade because generally, you know, it's great. Oh yeah, um, I can't I can't wait from the episode. I'm very happy, really. And it's, it's just, but that's the fun of what we're doing here, I suppose. That's the point of us sitting down and talking about it, just to indeed. work our grey muscle a little bit, isn't it? Really, Matty, talking about grey muscles, you're Mister Mister Mind. What, what uh, anything you <laughs> didn't <Muscle>. find? <laughs> I didn't say Mister Muscle, <laughs> except if we're talking about the actual guy who used to advertise it. Uh, <laughs> 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 anything you found that didn't quite work for you this week? <laughs> um no do you know what i i can't really i agree with all of you on the on the on the uh, the, the cat scene um the the button pressing and things but at the same time it's drab because i agree with matt and i agree with dan at the same time 
I think they both got the same points there, and I agree both of them. There wasn't anything I'd say in this episode that made me go, all oh, that didn't work or I didn't like it. It was all good. There wasn't anything that blew me away. There was nothing that made me say it was bad. That's what you want. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I, I felt Fair it was a play. little bit slow to get going, even though we had sort of good moments with the hairdryer and the sort of covering the rear and the front at the same time and stuff like that. And it didn't really get going for me properly to the till the Polaroid scene. I mean, that for me is a standout moment. But um, yeah. I, there was one or two other things I wanted to mention in the, in to get your opinion on to see how you felt they went down. Two things. I never, ever liked Crichton's jokes when he's trying to tell Lister a joke. And whilst I sort of get the point of what they're doing, it still leaves me a little bit cold when he's just sort of laughing into nothingness and it isn't funny. And I know he's not meant to be funny, but yet at the same time, I don't, didn't, I've never liked it. Am I alone in this? <laughs> Give us an example. Cause the... Well, the, the example is the example in the episode when he's he's saying, oh, "Do you want to hear a joke? How many t- how many mechanoids it takes to change a light bulb? Twelve because they're so dumb. Did you hear about the mechanoid peeping Tom? And then he looks down at his own own um, genitals mm-hmm. and then does a silly laugh and it goes into space and it's sort of like I, I, just, I it, it always left me a bit cold for some reason. Maybe just my reaction to it, and I know he wasn't meant to be funny, and that's the point. He's not getting it. Um, I think, I, I think, yeah, you're you're right. Really, it's it's not meant to be funny, and it's not, and it is kind of uncomfortable. Which I guess is sort of the point, but yes, yes, but yeah, you're right. So, so don't look for a hidden meaning. You you you're, you're right with what you what you said first. Well, I wasn't looking for a hidden meaning. It was just it was just a, one of those things of oh. And it just didn't, doesn't, it never felt quite right to me. We'll move on because this is not going anywhere. <laughs> no. <laughs> Unless you had something to say, Dan. No, no, I don't. Engage panic circuits. Panic circuits engaged. <laughs> okay, so the, end, the other thing that personally I wish they'd made a different decision on, it's a little thing, is just the, the dubbing of the computer voice over Holly mouthing the words. It's a little thing. I'd have preferred her to be saying it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Should have had more lines. Holly was just basically all but non-existent in this episode. We can't even mention... Again. We yeah. can't, yeah. But, I mean, before we said, oh, Holly only had a few lines, I mean, literally, if you blinked, you would have missed her. I mean, it, Holly was just, it would have made no difference, I think, on this episode, whether this she was there or not. She did have one. She had the one good line, you know, when she said she, he's got the normal anatomy of a, a human male, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> If she's had longer hair this series, yeah, this last two episodes. No, I, thought, I noticed her hair was longer in this episode. I'm probably just making up. No, no, and, it was and, the last episode as well. It's definitely longer. And the light that they're using on her just bleaches her face out completely, and I don't remember that. I, I hope that's only just the temporary thing. Well, it is. It is it has, got, it has got an effect on it, but also it may be SD content on modern that's, screens that, as well not helping that's what i was going to say that the reason that we see on that face and everything is again that it would have been what recorded in 360 you know something like that coming at an hd but it screen. wasn't like it wasn't like that on previous episodes not for her not nor for um norman lovett no but that she has got an effect on but i think it's okay. made worse because of it yeah i mean talking of that talking of tech and talking of the, those sorts of things that was something i was going to bring up really was um they mentioned the obviously the the video card joke with the guy with three heads which was a good good joke 
Are you telling me this guy belonged to a video club and he needed a card so they'd recognize him? He's got six eyes and three noses. If it were me, I'd remember him. But it, it made me think, and I've been thinking about it, it's sort of like, I wonder how aware they were that in the future there would be four guys talking about the show, picking over the bones. Oh, that didn't work on repetition. Uh, you know, and, and how, because obviously video shops were a thing, but it was a really only around this time a year or two before that these videos would have been on general release for people to buy for a for a, an affordable price to uh, to re-watch these episodes over and over of course people would be recording stuff of television because there are a couple of things that come up i mean again good joke making a dandruff man cat sneezes on the slide to ruin his dandruff his dna <laughs> Very similar joke again to the the episode we talked about a minute ago, the snack bar one, um, mm -hmm. body swap one, with dropping the cassette tape in the tea, isn't it? Really, sort mm. of, <laughs> with his mind. And, and again, nothing wrong with that. It's a good joke, but I just wonder how, when they were writing it, compared to now, how much they consider old episodes being watched again, or these particular ones being picked over. I suspect that if they could see into the future. Um, and predict the rise of podcasts. They probably would have also <laughs> noticed that video shops weren't a thing in the 23rd century as well, but I take your point that you really meant. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's not their job to future-proof it, really. It's just an interesting uh, angle to look at it. What can I say except... Whoops. I did like Cat. I think we're seeing... Um, you know, and I hope what we're not seeing is is him being reduced to a caricature, because I think we've definitely seen flashes of him being, you know, properly interactive. There's an awful lot more to him. But this week's episode was, you know, accident prone, not really listening and, um, and, and, and vain. He is all of those things and he always has been. These were really good examples, I think, of that. Um, I just hope that uh, as, as as we go on, like we've had a good, uh, several really good Crichton episodes actually in a row now, and um, I don't want to lose the fact that we've seen Cat can do quite a lot, and I really want to keep seeing him do that, as, as well as obviously um, having his type and, 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 and being who he is. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 th I think he was the perfect balance here, yeah. and yeah. I, I seem to remember when we talked about, I think it was Queeg, um, I pointed out at the time, oh, look, that's him being stupid and mm. keep, an, keep an eye out for that, to how much that comes up because, yeah, that does become one of his things. And these, this wasn't out and out stupid. It was disregarding stuff, wasn't it? And yeah. thinking he was cleverer than he was. Um, he, yeah, th those things have come in and it is the right balance, isn't it? Matt? He did have some very good advice, very good advice for Rimmer, though, didn't he? When Rimmer was trying to clone himself out of dandruff, when he turned around and said, the first time you take a shower with medicated shampoo, yeah. you disappear. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th I thought most of his lines, apart from the aforementioned I'll go and get Crichton one, were really good lines this week. Yeah. I thought, yeah, some mm. great lines. I've got something to admit to you guys. And I'd, I'd like to do it on this podcast. No, oh dear. I'm actually, I'm a closet squirrel. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> you're among friends. Does that explain the bushy tail? Behind closed doors, you parade up and down with a strap-on bushy tail, calling yourself Nutkin. You know, I put a bushy tail on and, and chew nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was very Monty Python influence. That that joke. Do, do you guys remember the the uh, the mouse, um, the closet mice? <laughs> they mm. interview people, and they're sort of like, we go to parties dressed as mice, and they're. We nibble cheese a bit. 
I, I, whether it was coincidence or whether it was a direct sort of a homage to, to that sketch. I oh, it know, must have been. It, it still made me giggle. <laughs> Either way. <It's> Nutkin. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I bet that's a great, great little moment. Ah, uh, it's awful, man. When a woman screws you up so bad, you want to become a squirrel. Right now we've done themes, we've done things we didn't like, we've done we've done good moments. So it's pro we're pulling in another another a quick round of something you want to mention before we hurtle towards the end of today's podcast. And we've been recording for at least ten minutes. <laughs> I'd like to know. I'd like to know what Rimmer's got against Glenn Miller. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> brilliant line. Amazing. He says your next choice is a great line because that is a great line. We don't want him. Go away. You took him. You can keep the snag. <laughs> You know, um, <laughs> Go away. But no, that 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 was a lovely line. When so earlier, when I said yeah. it didn't warm up until later, uh, that that was a favourite bit actually from the episode from me. Matty, give us another one. It's really annoying because actually, uh, I was I was going to say the Glenn Miller, Glenn Miller line was the was the next one because it was the fact that he focused on Glenn Miller. Um, uh, were you okay? Because there was a bit of serious acting at the beginning. I know it, it traumatised you last time you know, when they came in and they were at the computers being all serious and they and they did that here. Were you do okay? you know what? That was one of the first things that I did think when I opened up as well. And, oh, they're going all the serious. When they're in that room and there's things going on, they all suddenly go really serious. And it's weird <laughs> because it's completely out of character. And they seem to do it. it happened a couple of times. Another thing I wrote down that uh, made me giggle a little bit was um Rimmer, you're totally egocentric you flee at the first sign of danger the only you look only look after number one you're vain you're selfish you're narcissistic and self-obsessed cat says you just listed all my best features yeah exactly so he had some good lines didn't he, he did yeah hey thank you for saying that i couldn't be bothered to write that one down <laughs> yeah thank you that one. dan anything else you want in particular i know you've studied this episode in detail Obviously covered a lot of the things that I that I did particularly enjoy. If I'm if I, if I'm honest, there there were some really nice lines. There were some really nice moments. I, I, my favourite bit is still that is still the head, but it was. And I know I talked about the the northern third head, but we got a little bit more about crying. Yeah, Ponce and you eight valve heart la di da. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the idea that Crichton has to negotiate with his spare head so everyone gets to go. And and part of me would love there to be an episode where it's the annoyed Northern Third Head's turn. I want to see what he says to Rimmer when he gives him things to do when that guy's in charge. <laughs> but um, yes, I enjoyed that and and the spare arm flipping him the V when uh, when when they told him to get lost. Oh, it was so sure horned in in a good way, but it was absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, same scene, but we haven't mentioned. Now, what I'm saying is, no matter how hard I twiddle it, I can't seem to pick up Jazz FM. <laughs> jazz FM, yeah. <laughs> it is, that whole scene's great, but there's some great things to pull out of it. But talking, going back to what you were saying, Dan, about you know, you know, these things coming in for the characters, and this is stuff we are looking out for. Um, one thing I sort of picked up that I feel as though it is happening and is going to continue to happen, because I know it is, is best guess this thing is a DNA <laughs> yeah. transmogrifier. So, oh, that's your best guess. He will continue to have best guesses about the exactly <laughs> the right thing, what the thing does. <laughs> we haven't had so, any more Space Corps directives since that one a no, few we, weeks we ago, haven't, haven't we? we haven't as yet. We haven't as yet. <laughs> so I've, been, I've been on the lookout for them. Oh, yeah. They'll be obvious when they come. They'll be yeah, there. they're not subtle. <laughs> but, yeah, but it, but it was that Crichton explaining stuff. Obviously, clearly, that's his role... 
alongside his funny stuff as well. But yeah, he's there to again. It's the ousting of Holly explaining stuff, and Crichton's there to explain, isn't he? Really? So there's that. He had panic circuits though, didn't he? Yes, engage, which he engaged. But yeah, yeah. I think I've just sort of skipped over a few things there that I liked and wanted to mention at the end there. So I've got nothing else more particular. I feel as though we need to discuss in this one. I mean, it was a solid episode, which is not a bad thing. <laughs> so, you know, solid Red Dwarf is good comedy. I think because we've had so many good episodes over the last sort of series and a half, the ones that aren't quite so good are still really, really good when you compare them to the ones very early on. And, you know, I kind of felt like this, you know, it's a kind of early series two kind of quality. But it's still not bad. I think we put ourselves in the position of being critical about these things as much as we love it. And I do love it. But, yeah, we're putting ourselves in the position of saying, oh, what didn't work and what wasn't as yeah. funny this week as well. Yeah. So we are overthinking those things a little bit, which is it's okay to do. It's not a problem. But, yeah, sometimes you can come away not, not enjoyed it, but just having noticed those things a bit more maybe. Yeah. Where are you, Matty? You're the, you're Mister Watching in Order. Never seen him before. Um, I. What you mean, like in for this episode, or generally how we stand no, up? Just tonight? in just in general, just in general, moving into a couple of hours into series four after experiencing the last few series. Um. Yeah. No. I I really enjoy enjoy it. Like I said, it seems to me that it's weird because what i was just thinking is when we say oh series one and in the beginning when you were saying oh you know it wasn't as good series one because you guys all knew what was coming up whereas i yeah. didn't i only had the beginning to go on so i'm going oh, really is this one bad one but these were actually all right but now i've watched these and i look back to the early like series one like you guys talking about i can now completely get what you guys were were on about mm. because yeah it has upped massively um mm -hmm. and i really enjoy that because i think it was also filmed in a time where technology was changing you know screens were slowly starting to turn into flat screens internet was starting to become a thing you know all these things were starting to change and i think that's a really good time to record because you can actually see through each series technology has actually improved in the real world which then reflects onto this world which i think is something that really stands out to the series but i mean i think it'd be interesting for you i think you're far enough on now and you may find the time to do this or not want to do it or whatever but to go back and watch one of the early episodes again mm. and uh and see how you feel about it because i know we talked a bit about appreciating things because we knew where it was going maybe and sometimes it makes things better and sometimes it you know makes things stand out as not as good bit of both yeah really, i'm i definitely think at one point i'm going to go back and i'm going to watch the the first episode again and then compare yeah. i mean maybe it's something we could we could do it at some point in the future as part of the podcast is go and watch another one whilst we're in the midst of watching all this and, and see how it stands out and have a look at it but hey that's for another conversation another time we're all done yeah i'll be i'll be wrapped up for this one yeah mm -hmm. sounds good to me Excellent. Okay. Well, with that, then I will I will bid you all adieu and uh, see you next week for justice. Justice. So it's goodbye. It's goodbye from me, Matthew. Goodbye from me, Matt. Goodbye from you, Matty. And goodbye from me, Dan. Ah, sling your bloody up. Go on, clear off. <laughs> Is it a wuss? Is it a wuss?